Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Long. Welcome in. Another edition of Curd and Long. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer here, along with Ryan Horvath, BetMGM tonight. Check him out, BetQL Radio Network, all over the beautiful uh, country. Or you can obviously always stream that too. You always see the highlights always coming up on Twitter. Uh, always fun to see him and Trista Crick uh, doing their thing. All right, so let's uh, talk about this Green Bay Packers loss by only 10, right? The Packers the Packers covered. I, they, they did what they were supposed to do. Uh, a lot of people, and this is from the gambling aspect, a lot of people, NFL's rigged, the Buffalo is a point from going over or whatever, and the interceptions, and this is, you know, crap and everything else. I jumped into the BetQL chat uh, last night. Uh, for the Buffalo Green Bay one. I wasn't hosting it. Somebody else was hosting it. But I jumped in anyhow to kind of talk Packers with them because I was bored watching the game. And rightfully so. It was 14 nothing like that. Uh, so I, I, I hopped in to check. Uh, and it it pretty much was pretty much, you know, kind of – it was criminal to not give Aaron Rodgers more weapons than what Green Bay has given him to work with this year and so forth. Uh, then you see a, another video on Twitter, Ryan, from a fan that was at the game that I follow. And – he was recording and asked Mark Murphy, who was at the game, hey, man, when are you going to get us some wide receiver help? And Murphy turned and looked at him and said, before Tuesday, and walked away. So we'll see. We'll see if this actually happens. We're recording this Monday morning. So we'll see if they actually get some wide receiver help before Tuesday. Uh, and if they do, we will uh, talk about it Wednesday when we record next on Curd uh, and Log. First question first, what frustrated you the most in this Packers loss to the Buffalo Bills, Ryan Horvath? Yeah, that's a tremendous question. So there was a lot that frustrated me because, you know, I know a lot of people are happy just that they competed last night because, man, especially offensively, I know if you look at the box score, they scored 17 points last night, but that was probably the best offensive game plan, the one that they put together for the second half where – I think Matt LaFleur was tired of seeing Aaron Rodgers take a beating. It was time to run the football. What frustrates me – all right, let's start where – what frustrates me the most, though, is that in the second half, right, like in Aaron Rodgers, if you listen to the presser last night – I did twice. He seemed like he was pissed off about the game plan in the second half because they weren't allowing him to take shots down the field. He didn't think they were aggressive enough, it sounded like. But that has to be the game plan moving forward. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. I thought for sure you were going to agree with with Aaron Rodgers and be like, you let him throw the football more. I thought that's for sure what I was going to walk into. Oh, I'm sick of seeing him in shotgun. Every yes. single, you know, like, so I like what they did last night. I mean, this God. is a running football team. Aaron Jones, this is Aaron Jones football team. It's no longer Aaron yeah. Rodgers football team. They don't have the weapons on the outside. So what frustrates me the most, because there's a lot to talk about, um, is that they don't, they like, if you honestly, if, if they, if that's the game plan the last three weeks against, Washington against New York, both New Yorks. I'm going to say they at least win two of the three games. Agreed. Instead of letting Aaron Rodgers play hero ball. And then I'm not upset about a 27-17 loss to the Bills because the Bills are ridiculous, man. It's so hard right now to stop Josh Allen. Listen to this, right? So they went into this game averaging, I believe, 7.3 yards per play under pressure, which is two yards more than any other offense in the NFL. Last night, against Green Bay, 11.6 yards per play under pressure. So really quickly, another thing uh, that I'm frustrated about is just some of the guys that we brought back. Rasul Douglas last night, I know he had the interception late in the game, but that interception didn't matter unless 
You bet the Packers plus 11 and a half, right? Rasul Douglas. Buffalo to score more than 28 points. That also mattered there. Yes. Yes, but Rasul Douglas last night, who gets overpaid this offseason, the first four targets he allows to be caught for 93 yards and a touchdown. Jair Alexander last night, everybody, if you look on social media, you would think he got cooked by Stephon Diggs last night. Absolutely not. He saw five targets in coverage, didn't give up a single catch, forced three incompletions, had an interception in that game. Why was he not covering Stephon Diggs the entire game? So there's a couple things that frustrate me. One, that offensive game plan should have been used weeks ago. This is a running football team. No more hero ball. Devontae's gone. MVS is gone. Secondly, the secondary just hasn't lived up to expectation, expectations, man. Like all summer long, I thought this was going to be a top five defense. And I know the numbers look good for the secondary, but last night, Eric Stokes got benched. Rasul Douglas, again, gave up his first four targets for 93 yards and a touchdown. And I get it's the Buffalo Bills. Even when you pressure Josh Allen, you know, I know he's like Superman right now, but you couldn't, you just couldn't get a hand on him. Everything kind of frustrated me. I'm not happy about only losing by 10 points to the Buffalo Bills. This was a team that many predicted to win the Super Bowl this year, even without Devontae Adams. So it's not Rutgers University. Three and five in, you know, a hard-fought effort on Sunday Night Football doesn't make me happy. Okay, so, I, you know, I think there, to a degree, you're at the stage now of moral victories for this football team. I never thought we'd be there with an Aaron Rodgers-led Packers team talking about moral victories. But you lose Quay Walker to an ejection. That was beyond one of the dumbest things I've ever seen from a football player. First of all, it wasn't a coach. It was a practice squad player, whoever it was that he shoved. I didn't see the dude move his lips. So I don't really know what he was upset about. I mean, it looked like he was trying to help him more than anything else. So he gets kicked out of the game. I tweeted, in, in a sad way, I don't think it's going to affect the defense at all. That Quay Walker isn't out there, to be honest with you. That's um, what I said. Right. Bye, good Exactly. So Quay Walker is fine. But then the Devondre Campbell hurting his knee. Has he been Devondre Campbell of last year? No, but he's still a rock solid force that knows the plays, knows where he's supposed to mean all that in the middle. Then you have to go run two completely inexperienced guys out there in the middle of the defense. And what changed? They didn't score. I mean, the, the, Buffalo didn't score. So the fan reaction and a lot of reaction that, that you see after the game is, well, let's not give credit to the Packers' defense for only giving up three points in the second half. Buffalo wasn't trying. They were just playing keep away. They weren't seriously trying to score points on them. Okay, well, maybe that was the case or not. But from a Packer fan standpoint, I'm using it as a moral victory. I know moral victories. I followed the Bucks through their crappy years forever. I lived for moral victories every night, losing by only 10 points for the Bucks facing you know Shaq or whoever the case may be. So I think that's pretty good. They could have rolled over and played dead. They didn't roll over and play dead. The other moral victory in all of this is, and we'll get to positives later, but is they didn't abandon what was actually working finally. Like I thought after one drive of running the ball, Rodgers would be like, okay, I did your way. Now we're going back to my way. Shotgun spread. Let's go to hell with this. I'm not doing this all game. But he didn't really ever abandon it at any point. So I think there's a moral victory there. Not that I'm happy with the loss, but there is something that you can hold on to. And like I said, there's more positives. We'll get to that later. To me, a thing that frustrated me most, and we'll talk about Joe Barry in the next segment, what you said, Jair Alexander. This is why I don't get Jair, you know the game plan, right? What are you doing, John, with Stefan Diggs? You know you're not covering him. 
Like, what are you doing? Then that was out at the beginning of the game. Then comes word they were doing it again, coming out of the tunnel for the second half. He didn't guard him the whole first half. He knew he wasn't guarding him in the second half. And then Diggs is like, oh, I won. And Alexander's like, oh, I won. And neither one of you bumps won. You didn't face each other all night. Nobody won anything. Nobody proved anything. You were going against their second or third DB, Diggs. Alexander, you're covering their second best wide receiver. Nobody won anything. You never faced each other. If you faced each other, 80% of the offensive snaps, and Alexander held him to like one catch, Alexander won, fine. Diggs owned him with two touchdowns, Diggs won. But when you don't actually match up against each other, nobody wins that. I mean, that was the most overplayed storyline of the night. The one thing that did happen, though, it seemed to get the defense a little fired up, right? They were playing a little bit with some emotion on the defensive side of the ball. Buffalo's offense was playing with some emotion as well. So, that's fine, but that was the most frustrating thing. Like, first of all, the the trash talking, I, I, that drove me nuts. But then, the fact that you didn't put your best DB on their best wide receiver again. We just had this conversation at the beginning of the year, Horvath, and Alexander was hot. That Joe Barry didn't let him do it, and here we go, and we're back in the same situation again. I don't get it. No, exactly, man. And if you watch Terry McLaurin, and I guess like the argument would be, okay, so Jair got a couple shots at Terry McLaurin last week. But, man, you watch Terry McLaurin. He won Washington that game again yesterday. Terry McLaurin. We're not talking about the Colts game. Move on. Right. Yeah. Good call. (laughs) Yeah. And McLaurin's on another level right now. But that's the other thing because, I mean, it just doesn't really make any sense right now because Joe Barry – just doesn't make the simple adjustments, right? And so he is just destroying Matt LaFleur right now. So I think what this comes down to, I'm not fired the defensive coordinator guy because I'll say this really quickly. Like Don Don Capers and um, even Mike Pettin, man, they didn't have a defense like this. And I know there's some holes in this defense, but then whose issue is this? Because this defense sucks right now. They're, they're severely over. They're really overrated. So is this Brian Gutekinds' fault? Because – Look at the last four years, five years of draft picks. It's a lot of draft capital for the defense to be this bad. Or is it Joe Barry's scheme? Somebody has to take the sword here, though, because well, that's the question. Like, so, how much it's either I- Joe Barry needs to be fired in season, and I know that's not the Packer way, or it's Brian Gutekinds has to go. But one of them has to be be to blame here because that's a lot of draft capital for the defense to be getting absolutely torched. Last night, okay, you gave up twenty seven to the Bills. That's what it is, but. The Commanders, the Giants. You can't lose to Daniel Jones, Heineke, and Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson may be the worst quarterback in this league right now. That's that's the thing, right? So the question now is how much of a hot seat should Joe Barry be on? I think you're saying he definitely should be on a hot seat here. I think he should Uh, be fired last week. For sure. But this is the thing. First of all, this is Matt LaFleur's guy, right? They were friends before all this. They're going to be friends after all of this. So the only way Joe Barry gets canned is if Gutenkunst or Murphy says, I've seen enough, he's gone. You know, I'm getting tweets of, oh, do you think Matt LaFleur should be fired? No, Matt LaFleur's not getting fired. And let me tell you why, okay? He was hired to coach the guy after Rodgers. He was not hired for Rodgers. That was supposed to be a couple-year deal. Rodgers retires or goes somewhere else. He gets the next quarterback. That's what this was. This was LaFleur selling Mark Murphy on the offense he wanted to run with the next quarterback. Because it's, how do you win without a Hall of Fame quarterback? Because the odds of us getting another Hall of Fame quarterback after Favre and Rodgers is slim. So what coach can sell me on the best game plan of how we're going to win after Rodgers? I think that's what they were looking for in the next guy. You saw last night, you can run the football. 
and be effective. And they were being effective without a deep threat. And LaFleur and Rodgers, both in postgame, said pretty much game plan went up in smoke once Christian Watson went down and got hurt again because he was going to be on the outside. He was going to be their go guy. He was going to be their deep threat to take the top off the defense to keep him honest. That was the game plan, and he was going to be in the game plan and be that guy. Yeah. But like the rest of the year, he can't stay healthy. They lose him, and they don't have another guy to replace him at this point. And now you've got the trade deadline Tuesday. That's what they need to be looking for. They need to be looking. If they're going to go get somebody, like we talked about, Cooks in Houston, a guy that takes the cap off the defense and stretches the defense, that's what they need more than anything. Yeah, I really have – got to say something quickly on that, though. I'm so ex- I'm so tired of the excuses. It's always something, though. It's uh, David Bakhtiari, we had, all, we had all these great packages with our new offensive line, and then we found out 90 minutes before kick, David Bakhtiari was down there. And Elton Jenkins was and 90 Elton minutes Jenkins before kick. What is going on with these two guys? And then – and it's all oh, Christian Watson went down. Roger says it. Oh, we had five things prepared for him. We were going to use these different packages for him. All right. Well, you know what, man? When you get punched in the face, you, like you have to have a backup plan. Like Lafleur has to have a backup plan. Rogers, you have to have a black a, a backup plan, man. I mean, it's you're relying on a rookie, Christian Watson. So, yeah, I mean, I saw that uh, video as well as it, it's went viral. I felt like Mark Murphy was kind of just brushing brushing the guy off. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Right, maybe this is the other thing. There's a lot of talk about Rodgers being old and declining and so forth. And I don't think Rodgers is the same guy that he was. You don't either. We both agree on that. But having said all of that, when you watch Josh Allen get out and run and pick up those yards, oh yeah, and you watch Rodgers, there's a part of you that gets frustrated because you're like, 12 used to do that. 12 don't do it anymore. But he used to do that, and that helped separate him a little bit and take some pressure off his offensive line because they knew there was an ability for him to run. Is he the fastest guy in the world? Is he fast Josh Allen? Hell no. But there was a threat at least. Now there's none of that. And then Rodgers talks about, well, yeah, you know, you got to have running lanes and so forth. And I was kind of looking and da-da-da-da-da. To me, and I I don't know this to be true, I think it's a guy at the end of his career that doesn't want to have to go through some big rehab on some big hit or something crazy like that. and doesn't want to put himself necessarily more harm's way than necessary because already he's taking hit after hit after hit with that offensive line. Yeah, and that, and that was the other thing that I was going to say. You know, a, a thing that really frustrated me was with Rodgers is last night we saw he could still move his legs. He was getting out of the pocket. They were using him on some rollouts. Yep. So, again, why? where has this been the last four weeks? Last night, that's a tough game against Buffalo on the road. But against Washington, against the Giants, against the Jets, and I know those are pretty good – those are solid defenses, you know, especially the Giants. Look what Wink's been able to do there. But – when you when he's a statue in the pocket, that's why he's off on these throws. He's got to move around a little bit. And last night he had a couple quarterback scrambles, so he finally used his legs again. Where has this been the last couple of weeks? So I completely agree with yeah. you. I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you brought that up, though. I even tweeted out, "Wait, Rogers' legs still work? Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know. He should use them a little bit more. That has to be." That has to be the game plan moving forward. And the other thing that pissed me off, I completely agree. Right now he looks like a guy at the end of his career that's like, eh, I want to enjoy life after football because he doesn't look completely all in for this team. Or he would be every once in a while, you know what, man, pick up the first down with your legs. But also last night he had a shot where I believe it was a uh, RPO, but I believe he gives it to Jones. Yeah, it was Jones. And uh he could have pulled it. And even Von Miller said to him, if you would have pulled that, you would have had the first down. And Rodgers was like, oh, I made up some excuse. But again, like, 
we want the ball in Aaron Jones' hands. But every once in a while, pull that, man, and pick up the first down with your legs because we've seen the last couple of years he's had a couple opportunities to do so, and he has it. And I know he's 38 years old, but well, you, I mean, if, if you don't want to win that bad, then don't come back, man. Then move on to Jordan Love. I will say that, and I love Aaron Rodgers, but you got to – I mean, th- there's plays to be made. You can't leave plays on the field. Did you see the Von Miller post-game interview uh, after the game? Did you see that? No. They asked Von Miller what him and Aaron Rodgers were talking about during the game or whatever. And Von's like, I asked him why they weren't throwing the ball more. Like, why aren't you throwing the ball, man? You're, you're 12. You're Aaron Rodgers, whatever. Because of you, Von, because he's getting teed off on. And LaFleur oh. said, we're down 21 nothing. Aaron, we did it your way. We did it your way, and we're down three scores. I am right. not going to sit here and watch Zach Tom, you know, <laughs> urinate down his leg and watch you get the crap kicked out of you this entire night. And I'm not losing you for the rest of the season because I think we might have a shot to beat Detroit. We are running the football. We're not beating this football team. We're not letting Von Miller and these ridiculously good linebackers tee off on you all night. Correct. Shut up. And hand the ball off. I think that's how that conversation went so, down, and that's why Rodgers was pissy in the press conference. So, so Vaughn asked him. And so they're like, so what did Aaron say to you? And he kind of smirked. He's like, well, I don't really want to talk about, you know, necessarily what we talked about after that. But I asked him because, you know, he's Aaron Rodgers. You should let him throw the ball more or whatever. He goes, and I figured they would run the ball more. He goes, but I didn't think they would run it complete, like that much, as much as they did and kind of take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hand or whatever. And then you go to the post-game press conference with Rodgers, and the question was asked, you know, how much pressure do you feel to try and carry this thing and rogers goes well it's gonna be like tonight i'm not gonna get many attempts so you know there's not as much but if we're gonna throw it more then obviously i've got some more pressure on me to do it that dude i'm telling you i said it from the get i said before the season when Leroy was trying to sell everybody oh he'll be fine throwing it just 20 times a game he threw it 30 times last night he still wasn't happy in the postgame presser you could see how upset he was that dude does not want to hand off the ball that much like he did last night. I mean, he did, what, 30 handoffs between Dylan and, and Aaron Jones? There's no way. There's absolutely – they get the Lions this week. You mark my words. He, they're going to come out slinging that, that football. I will be shocked if they get 30 carries between the two of them again. You know, I'll say this really quickly. That is the way to beat Detroit, though. That secondary has got awful. So if Rodgers can't throw for 285 yards against Detroit, maybe it is time for him to go away. Also, really quickly, I know we talked about this last week. If they can't beat Detroit, I think it's tank for C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or Hennon Hooker, Tennessee's quarterback. I'll take uh, Will Levis out of Kentucky, even if they're going to sit for a year behind Rodgers. Because but how I don't do you know, do that? Able to evaluate Jordan Love. But how do you how do you tank right? So if you're the well, Colts, because I don't think Sparky, I don't think they have to do a whole lot. If they can't beat the Lions next week, man, who else on the schedule are they beating? They're not going to beat Dallas. They're definitely not going to beat Philadelphia. No. Imagine what Philadelphia is going to do to this Packers team. Did you see AJ Brown yesterday? Yes. Like Philadelphia is like, hey, we're going to go up twenty four nothing, and then we're going to you know run the ball with the number one rushing offense the entire second half. Green Bay. Now there's a game where I will not be. I don't think there's a spread big enough. No, I agree with you on that. My point is, but my point is, if you have a team that, like you say, from NFL standards, right, is tanking for whoever the case may be. In the NBA, GMs just trade away their star talent and have nobody, like the process with the Sixers, right? They don't tell the guys don't play hard. They don't tell the guys we're trying to lose. They just don't put a lot of talent out there and tell the coach, good luck, do what you got to do. But they know they don't have enough to win. So you look at this Packers team, the only way you could really do that would be to bench Rodgers and start love. There is no situation on earth that will ever happen no, no. in this season. It's never going to happen. 12 is going to play through it. Then the question is going to become how big of implosions 
is there going to be inside that locker room eventually? Because eventually he's going to snap. He, I'm telling you, you can see the volcano. It's starting to build a little bit within Rodgers here. He's been peace, love, and joy for the last three weeks. But now that's four losses in a row. If they lose to the Lions, the explosion from Rodgers in the press game, press conference after and during the game may be coming. Because I'll be, I thought it would have happened by now. But eventually, yeah. Mount Aaron is going to go poof, and then everybody's going to run for cover. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking worst-case scenario, but I do think they actually – and we'll talk about this. You know, we still have a couple more episodes to go this yeah. week. But I do think that they're going to get right this week. And I think last night I do think that that was a good thing for that locker room, to be honest. Just them competing, the defense with a couple takeaways. It did drive me nuts. Maybe I'm old school that they were celebrating down three scores. Yes. We're doing the D-train thing. You're down three scores. Rasul Douglas, you don't get to celebrate that interception, pal, because every week you have three defensive holding penalties against you. And again, you gave up your first four targets. In the second half, you know, I brought up Zach Tom. Something interesting really quick, you know, in the second half, and I know Rodgers, they moved him around a little bit. They ran the ball a lot more, and this is more run blocking. But Zach Tom, man, that first series, he gave up a sack. He gave up a quarterback hit. Uh, He was terrible his first uh, six pass blocking snaps. Then after that, clean game. No pressures allowed the rest of the way once they started rolling Rodgers out and moving him around a little bit. So he did improve as the game went on, but I never want to see him ever again. We have to get – they have to get Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari back um, or it's going to be a long season. And they may not be able to beat Detroit. And the thing that scares me, man, Detroit could run the football. Jamal Williams, Swift just getting back into that lineup I know. Oh, that's scary because they could score. They just don't play any defense. But, man, um, I'm just upset about last night. I, I know they covered the spread, but three and five in the NFC is just straight embarrassing. Yeah, no doubt. It is embarrassing. Uh, but we'll, we'll see how this goes going forward. So we both agree. Joe Barry probably on the hot seat, but yeah. I don't think there's. I don't think they fire him midseason. I, I guess I would be really surprised at this point if they fire him midseason. I don't know how much the defense really changes, even if they do fire him. Do do you think that Brian Gutekinds would do that as well? Because like you said, this is a Matt Murphy. Murphy. Mark Mark Murphy. Mark Murphy would be the one that would lose his patience and be like, I've seen enough. I'm done. Get him out. out No, I don't know about that, man. I think Goot would lose his patience. Well, I think they're both right now losing their patience, though. I mean, last week, the game in D.C. against the Commanders, they Mm -hmm. were all there. You know, I was there and I saw Brian Gutekinds. He walked into that game and then he went up to his press box. And then you saw on Twitter, he left with what, three minutes to go. Yeah. He's, he's seen enough. The problem is, like, who's out there right now? We keep doing this with wide receiver. You know, like, what wide receiver could help fix this offense? I think you have to just do what you did last night and try to get guys back because you're not going to end up with DJ Moore. You're not going to end up with, you know, um, you might get, you well, might get cooks from the Texans. I would take and I would take cooks from the Texans. But what I think they need more right now is maybe another cover linebacker. You know, if we're talking about Joe Barry and how awful his scheme's been, I guess it doesn't really matter. But I wouldn't mind another safety that actually wants to tackle because Darnell Savage needs to be benched. I know Stokes got benched last night. Savage just keeps missing tackles. And Adrian Amos looks old this season. He looks bad as well. So the scheme sucks. And also, guys aren't playing up to their potential or up to their contracts right now. So let me ask you this. Disaster year two. But it's also the scheme. Why is Eric Stokes, who runs a 4-3-40, playing 15 yards off Gabe Davis or Stephon Diggs? And why is Jair Alexander not on Stephon Diggs? Yeah, Joe Barry needs to go. I know they won't do it midseason. It's not the Packer way. But if there's any hope for this season, they should do it. Would you get rid of Joe Barry 
and replace him with a guy that's available right now to come in and be a new DC without any of his own coaches underneath him to install what he wants to do on the 3-4. I'm thinking of Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips, I don't know, man. You know who I kind of want? Um, ah, I don't even know. I mean, I I was Zimmer. really hoping. Yeah, I, I, no, I don't know about that though. Mike Zimmer is so damn crabby. I mean, mm-hmm. he was the look. Look what look what has happened for Minnesota since Mike Zimmer has left. They have they haven't loss. played a tough schedule either. Let's be honest. Well, and the reason, he, but the problem with Mike Zimmer, man. So he's the defensive minded head coach, right? And Minnesota was what. 24th, 25th defensively the mm-hmm. last couple of seasons. That's the reason they were losing football games. So I don't know about Mike Zimmer. I really wanted Jim Leonard a couple of years ago. Um, but he didn't want you. I know. That's yeah, the that's the problem. Yeah, he, he didn't know. want the Packers. He, well, he'd that, rather stay in, 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 but, in Madison. But I want that's what I want is I want a young, fiery guy. I don't even know, man. Any, It just – Joe Barry was never was never the right decision. I mean, Correct. he was brutal in Los Angeles, even with Aaron Donald and even with Jalen Ramsey. That wasn't a very good defense when he was there. So it, they improved the year that he left. I just I didn't understand the hiring. I don't know really what you could do right now midseason. There will be some names out there in the offseason, but then it's too late for this season. I guess it's already too late for this season. You're three and five. I mean, you're not catching up to Minnesota in the NFC North. We know that. Right. Wade Phillips is a former head coach. Former head coach walks into that locker room. How old is Wade Phillips, though? Like 100? I don't know. I don't care how old he is. I do not care. He's funny as hell on Twitter, by the way, if you don't follow him. Uh, I, I'm just saying, like, I, I would be completely open to that. Now, whether or not he'd be completely open to coming in midseason to taking over a defense with none of his own assistant coaches, he may not. He may be like, I'll wait till the year's over, and then I'll come in and hire my own staff. Uh, but that's... You know, that's something you got to consider. And the other thing about Matt LaFleur is, and I'm not saying he's different than anybody else. I think this this happens in all workplaces, just to clarify. He's really only brought in guys that he knows or somebody on his staff has connections with, right? I mean, he's never, that I know of, ever brought somebody in that nobody on his staff knew or ever worked with. He's never brought in an outsider where literally nobody on the staff has ever worked with this guy, and he rolls the dice and says, ah, let's see how this is going to go. And I don't know if Wade Phillips has worked with any of these people or not. I have no idea. Uh, but, again, for a half a season to see what happens, to see what he could do with this defense, to see what he would do with Jair Alexander and Stokes and so forth. I mean, Stokes, you can argue, has gotten worse from his first year to this year as far as uh, as, as far as a player goes. Rajul Douglas, that was clearly lightning in a bottle last year, and they paid him for it. Um, and that 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 has happened. And then yeah. Devondre Campbell, from everybody I talk to that watches these all 22 films and everybody else, everybody I talk to says pretty much having Quay Walker next to him is really screwing everything up for him at this point. It, it really is. That's been the issue. You know, and Quay, I, I liked the pick, but Quay was going to be a little bit of a project. Both guys in the first round were going to be projects. You know, you just think, oh, they come from this Georgia defense. We just watched them in the SEC title game. Plug and play. Game. Right. They weren't the best players on that defense, though. I mean, yeah, I, I don't really know what they're going to be able to do again like this season because Joe Barry is so set in his ways. He's not going to change anything with these schemes. And you go back, you look at the film and you're completely right, though. Every single guy has regressed 
under Joe Barry, not just the young guys. I mean, the old guys that got paid as well. Devondre Campbell, Rasul Douglas. These are guys that have been around the league for a little bit for the last couple of years, bouncing around from team to team. They're regressing. The young players are regressing. The only guys, I mean, I'll say this. Preston Smith, again, last night, he's playing hard right now. He's getting a little bit older, but he's playing his ass off right now. Jair is still a top corner in the league. I know he had a rough game a couple weeks ago, but he's still a top corner in the league, top five, I would say. And um, Rashawn Gary. He's great, you know. He he's solid. Other than that, though, I don't trust anybody on the defensive side of the ball right now. I think the about that. Play has been terrible. Think about that. You didn't mention Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark had a monster year last year, and this yeah, year, like, how many impact plays has he had? Not many. Yeah, I mean, when do you ever hear his name? Right? We're comparing him. People are comparing him to Aaron Donald. I just no. I haven't seen it, and and that's the thing. And and so is it the scheme or is it the talent? That's what it comes down to is who do you blame? Brian Gutekinds yep. or Joe Barry or Matt LaFleur? All right. We got one topic left here. Let's get to it. Up. All right. What positives did you take away from the game? I'll start. I'll tell you, I was smiling. I was happy. I asked for it and I got it. I wanted double tight ends, tighter formations, run the football off of that, play act off of that. And again, they claimed that would have happened had they had Watson, but regardless, but and, and it was working with the double tight ends. DeGuara was out there. Mercedes Lewis was out there. Tunyon was out there. They were showing jumbo, jumbo-sized packages, and I was like, okay, all right, good. We're making some progress. We're going in the right direction with this offense. For me, that was the single biggest positive, and the single biggest question mark will now be, will they do this against Detroit next week and continue doing this the rest of the year, or will Rodgers push his way around uh, and they'll start winging it again? But last night, I was very, very happy with what they did to get that ground game going uh, and to really trust, as you have been saying for a couple of weeks now, the best player on this offense, Aaron Jones, to get the job done. And he got the job done when given the opportunity again. Yeah, uh, I'm going to stick with, I mean, the game plan in the second half. I mean, I know you're down three scores, but sticking to the run because my concern was, all right, you put together a nice little drive, you get in the end zone, you get some points on this drive, and then they turn around, and it's the Buffalo Bills. So it's going to be three, four plays. They march down the field 85 yards and a touchdown. Don't go back hero ball on the next drive. And they didn't do that. They stuck with the run, and I liked what I saw offensively. I, I also I just liked the fight that I saw. You know, Rodgers, again, using his legs a little bit. I know Warren Sharp and some of the national media people were pissed off that him, Aaron Jones, and A.J. Dillon were sharing a laugh on the sideline. I actually like to see that. I like that better than Rodgers sitting by himself moping, not being anywhere near his teammates. I like the young guys stepping up and making some plays. Yeah, we may have found another wide receiver, you know, and Rodgers liked that he made an adjustment on his route. That's something that these guys need to do, right? I like Romeo Dobbs. It looked like finally finding some confidence. Right now he looks down on himself, and I put that blame on Aaron Rodgers, man. You're a 38-year-old veteran quarterback making $50 million. Go put your arm around this kid. He's clearly very talented. Right now he's going through something. He's young. We're relying on him to make big plays. You, ha- right. you have to boost his confidence a little bit. And even though the defense got completely butchered in the first half, especially Rasul Douglas, they showed some fight. I don't want him celebrating up down 21 points, but you know what? Like maybe that carries into the next game. Maybe they show some energy because the last couple of weeks I've seen no energy. I feel like this team has a lot of talent. The schemes have sucked and they're playing like – they were really reading into their press clippings during the You're summer. going negative. We're supposed to end the podcast on a positive. You can't even stay on the positive long enough. No. Finally this, get is, to a negative. this is positive. Last night, I'm saying like the last couple of weeks, like they seemed 
I don't know. They seem like going into the season, hey, we're a top five defense. Yeah. Then they got then they got torn apart the first couple of weeks. Week one by Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. They were down on themselves a little bit. No confidence. I feel like maybe playing primetime Sunday night football, being embarrassed the last couple of weeks, being embarrassed last night might be a good thing. I agree with Rodgers on that. So I like the fight that I saw. I'm hoping that it continues carries on they have a good week of practice because we always have to hear about the good week of practice and they're at least able to beat the Detroit Lions man I don't know about the Cowboys or the Eagles moving forward hell I don't even know about the Bears but we they have to beat the Detroit Lions that's a one-win football team and Dan Campbell I know everybody loves this guy because he yells a lot and does up downs on hard knocks he's a terrible head coach let's be honest they're a mess but this is gonna be a Super Bowl for these guys Dan Campbell's going to have these guys fired up. Like, hey, look, y'all, this is the Green Bay Packers who have owned us and beat us forever. And we got a chance to stomp on them and get our second win. And this fan base will go nuts if we beat Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Because Dan Campbell needs some support right now. I mean, I know the owner came out and gave him some support, but he needs to win the back to fans because I think he's losing the fans rapidly. Yeah, they play hard. Yeah, they're in every game. But they keep losing at the end, and that is getting demoralizing quickly. And now, again, you were talking about tanking for C.J. Stroud. That organization right there doesn't have a future quarterback. So reality, if I'm a Lions fan, I'm going, this is fine. I'm totally fine with this. You give us one. We're going to get our future quarterback. They either can come and play next year uh, or whatever you want to do with Jared Goff. But at least now we've got our franchise quarterback, which they have not had in how long. Now they get that guy. Well, Stafford, I guess, would have been that franchise quarterback that they screwed that whole thing up with. But yeah. now you'll get another guy that you can build around going forward. And then you look at the Packers. They look like they're going the exact opposite way as you. So sacrifice another crappy year. Get your franchise quarterback and, and see what happens uh, at that point. I, I'm looking forward to – hearing what Roger says on McAfee and I'm looking forward to doing another curtain long on Wednesday uh, to re- to react to that because I'm telling y'all if they lose this game to the Lions Mount Rogers Mount Aaron is going to explode I guarantee it's going to happen whether it's in the game on the field and they catch it on camera whether it's at the podium and he snaps and goes snap crackle pop on a couple of reporters or whether you hear about it afterwards in the locker room him throwing crap and losing his cool because happy joy love guy here that's not going to last much longer they lose five in a row and the fifth one being the detroit lions ryan it, it, oh. it's going to be a huge huge deal if they lose that that lions game oh he's going to blow up we know that's coming but when is matt lafleur going to blow up because i feel like every press conference is the same press conference and you know what kind of bothers me a little bit i always feel like he just looks sad he looks the way that i look after these games yes i don't want my head coach looking like that i want my head coach after a loss looking like mike tomlin just coming to the podium swaggy he doesn't care he knows they're going to be fine even if they're not going to be fine he makes you feel like they're going to be fine i feel like in that locker room lafleur's so nervous i said last night i said ah they're not covering plus 11 i made a big mistake with this bet because Matt LaFleur looks more nervous than I look right now. That rubs off on the guys in the locker room. You know, Dan Campbell, yeah, he's kind of a joke. Let's be honest, man. He's doing up-downs. That whole coaching staff, it's all former players, man. It's like Juice McAllister. They're all just yelling at each other. It's a clown show over there. But at least they have some damn confidence and some, some balls in there. I feel like the Packers, man, after every loss, everybody's so wimpy and mopey and down on themselves. So I want to see some fight, some fire from this team. We saw a little bit of it last night, but that starts with the head coach. I love Matt LaFleur. I'm not trying to rag on the guy, but 
I don't know. I need to see something, man. I, I need to see him pissed off. I, You're right he, about that. I mean, he looked like he was going to walk all over him. At halftime of that that interview at halftime with the reporter, he looked like he was ready to cry uh, coming out of halftime as far as what they were going to do differently and how this whole thing was going to change. I He's totally, like, I just want to see some fight. He's begging his yes, guys. Like, yes, I totally agree with you on that as far as how he looks. All right, that'll do it for another episode of Curd and Long. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Enjoy. Tweet at Sparky Radio and at Ryan Horvath. Let us know what you think of uh, the Curd and Long podcast. If you disagree with something that we said, whatever the case may be and uh, look forward to talking to you on Wednesday can't wait to hear what Aaron Rodgers has to say next have a good one toodles